I'm not drinking beer. <laughs> I just was like, I realized you could see the video. And this is a conversation I have to have every day. Anyways, let's start. And then we can finish this conversation. <laughs> so uh, contrary to what we said last time, this is actually episode 37. We can count. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, clearly. And that whole can... thing about how we're grownups now, clearly, no. Nope. I kind of wanted to mention something around the count. But anyways, hi, welcome to Stitchcraft Podcast. It is episode 37. Let's start. Wow, we recording in the morning. We're not great. <laughs> I don't know. I feel pretty great. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm not sure if I do yet. Anyways, um, uh, I'm Miranda. I'm Island. And, uh, and yeah. today we are, where we, are, we are podcasting from, from the day before uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. So I am uh, actually I'm visiting family in Michigan, but I'm staying with a friend because my sister-in-law is living with my mom right now. So (laughs) there's no spare room at the inn. (laughs) Where will I find shelter? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yes, Island is recording from Michigan. I'm recording from Minnesota because guess what? We got our first big snow. (laughs) Oh, did you? It is a winter wonderland out there that by Christmas is going to be beautifully brown. I can't wait. <laughs> You're not in New York City. Come on. I mean, it'll be worse. There's, there's a lot of cars. There's a lot of salt out there. So mm-hmm. I, and I already made That's the true. best. I've already made the best mistake so far, which was of my range of boot sizes. Like, you know, you got your shorties, you got your mids, mm-hmm. you got your talls. I'm like, oh, this, I just need to wear my mids today. I'm going to wear oh, That's going to be enough. That's eight inches of coverage. Snow mm-hmm. immediately in my shoe. <laughs> oh, no. so I had to do the whole dog walk with just oh, packed no. in snow. I was like, oh, oh, cool. Oh, and the worst part is like your body heat warms it up enough that it turns into water, but it's more like slushy ice. It's a and slurry. Then it doesn't dry. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a cold, wet slurry that seeps between your toes. <laughs> I definitely, I took my boots off when I got back from the dog walk and I, you know, I'm carefully toweling off Tubi's feet and everything. And she's so good. She like walks into the blanket, into the towel now and like waits for the back feet. Like she's very patient. No one's helping me dry off because I just (laughs) definitely took my boots off and my, my arch was just packed snow. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a part of me that's like, well, at least I don't have flat feet like I thought I did. So that's a win. (laughs) Oh, I thought you'd all enjoy my my first thoughts on snow to this morning. <laughs> oh man, uh, it is funny. Times. It's like this uniquely Midwestern thing that you said. You know, you got your different heights. You got your shorts. You got your mids. You got your talls. <laughs> like most people have one pair of boots, and you're like, nah. There's many different conditions of winter. There's conditions. There's planning. There's looking cute, and then there's getting mm-hmm. the job done. Like there's many reasons and ways. Like. I, I don't think I've ever seen, uh, it's not high heels, but they're uh, wedge. I've never seen mm-hmm. wedge winter boots before, but apparently it's really important to look cute when you're oh. walking to work. And I 
<laughs> I've seen some people yeah, wearing I've wedge seen boots. And I'm yep. just like, this is not practical. I can't have that much more distance between me and the ground. I'm already a short Mm-mm. person, but I can't, I can't hang with that. That's I can't afford mm-hmm. to have my center of gravity elevated in such a way where if I slip, I don't know how to move to keep myself upright. <laughs> like I can't have that. <laughs> That's just one more variable that I'm like, yeah, this is, this is how I lose teeth. No, yeah, it's not exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, wellies when I was, so I was buying like, um, rain boots one year and you can buy wellies that have a wedge on them also. And I was mm-hmm. very confused. <laughs> Unless it's a platform all around to elevate my feet out of that puddle, it's not worth it to me. <laughs> Just get your toes in, but not your heels. Like, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. This is where I, I lose all sense of care or fashion. I know I work in fashion, but when the minute I see wedges on, like, you know, important things to get, you know, to get you safely to one place to another, I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? That's like, do you put high heels on your on your Oh my god, I sound like an old person. I was like, you put high heels on your tires? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think about this all the time, though. When I this is fresh at mind because um, since um, my husband has been sick for the last couple of days that we've been on this trip, um, we were watching what were we watching? Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And at one point, um, Gamora gets picked up by somebody else. Girls wearing high heel boots. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I get so, so, so fed up when I see action movies where the dudes are wearing sensible footwear where they actually could kick somebody's ass and the women are wearing like heels. You know, like I don't care if they're wearing a short skirt, that's extra mobility. I don't care if they're wearing a halter top, extra mobility. But like high heel boots, no, 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 no. No, that, that never helps anyone go faster. Unless it comes with a spike heel for popping somebody in the neck, I don't know what that high heel is good for. I mean, I've definitely seen girls in Philly kick ass in some heels and use their heels to um, scare off being mugged and um, also, you know, just fighting other girls, I guess. But that is, they come off. The heel, the yeah, exactly. shoe it's comes a, off. The shoe like, that comes off, yes. Versus that a high heel boot. Over the knee boot which we all know takes you at least 15 minutes to fully get out of. It's like my yes. wearing tights. It's terrible. Yes. Yes, exactly. I'm with you on that. I think that is a dumb, that's a dumb, uh, no, something to notice in a movie. Like it's almost like a bad edit. It was like, yeah. It takes me out of the moment. <laughs> Ag- agreed. You know, Absolutely particularly true. when I see those boots and they don't have zippers on them. Oh, and that's some, Fucking bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was ready to go by like inching it up her leg and like smoothing it out over her knee. No. 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 Yeah. Your superhero boots should come flat. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) I am completely with you on this. Absolutely. Everyone also point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to also point out to our listener that um, we (laughs) are having this. Good joke. (laughs) We are having this conversation uh, on a Wednesday morning at around 8.15 Central Time. So that's probably why I'm so fired up. Yeah, you're very fired up. It's been on your mind. (laughs) And I'm I'm awake during business hours and I have business to talk about. (laughs) Business. Goddamn business. 
And I, you know, just went for a refreshing walk in the snow with my dog. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all fired up because I'm indoors now. <laughs> it's that feeling that comes from knowing you won't die today. You know, I thought about that. I was like, this is a beautiful scene and I get to leave it. You know, like, yes. I'm not like, oh, I need to go make my, my uh, shelter here in the snow. Nope, I'm inside and I'm staring at all my plants that happen to be alive. Like, this is... <laughs> Yay, technology and evolution. Um, exactly. Well, maybe we should also explain to people what's in our cups. Uh, yes. Because we should get you to know, segment kind of, one. The segment we generally spend more time than maybe others would spend on. But here we are. Um, yes. I'll start because I'm holding my can. And I have to explain Please myself do. at work often because <laughs> <sighs> I drink kombucha in a can at work. And then I drink... Uh, I have like a tall, it's essentially a tall boy of half lemonade, <laughs> half green tea. But every time. Uh, yeah, I you open, definitely look like the person at work who's just having a, like from having a, a cold distance, one. You look like you're having a cold one. Yeah. Well, and I pick them up on my way into work from this, um, this little like shop that I like. And I hold both cans in my hand and it just looks like I'm coming for the party. Like what's going on? And like, people joke they're like is that a white claw I'm like no it is definitely green tea <laughs> and like every time I crack a uh, you know a tab it just sounds like party over here party over here <laughs> Randa can't work without her with her go-go juice or something like I don't know but special medicine <laughs> baby's little medicine um <laughs> mom's juice anyways <laughs> that's a long-winded way of saying I'm drinking forage kombucha and it's a beautiful can I- that is very pretty. I've never seen canned kombucha before. I've seen it bottled, but I've never seen it canned. I don't know I, why. Um, you know, I have thought about that before, too. But at the same time, I kind of dig that it's uh, – I'm trying to use more aluminum versus yeah, yep. glass because glass is still not that efficient to recycle yet. Um, well, and it's heavy to ship. Heavy to ship. And if it's local, I totally get it. Or if it's being rewashed, totally cool. But where possible – I'll buy aluminum just because I know that it's pretty efficient for recycling. So yeah, yeah it's one of the found... most recyclable materials. Yeah. So yeah, when I found this um, can of kombucha, I was like, word. And you know where it's from? Wisconsin. Aw. Our people. They're good people. So um, yeah, I'm, it's from Fitchburg, Wisconsin. So no idea where that is at the moment. Sorry, I don't know everything. But um, that is what I'm drinking. And uh, so yeah. you said it's a, it looks like it's a, the can has like tropical flowers on it. So it's a tropical kombucha, it, tropical flavor. Took the words right out of my mouth that I forgot to say. Thank you. Yes, it's tropical kombucha. So let me, let me, where are the ingredients here? We got them oolong tea. We got organic coconut, pineapple, mango, passion fruit, lychee, cane sugar, and then kombucha culture. That sounds it pretty is, tasty. It's fucking delicious. Every time I open it, everyone's like, that's a really pretty can. And then they go, oh, it's kombucha. Oh, it's tropical kombucha. I'm like, right? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make this Monday meeting go way better. So it's a good flavor. I'll have to look for that. I've never seen that before. I know. I I have not seen it in many places. So, but I do dig that it's in a can. So I'm a big fan. Do they have it in other flavors? They do. I've gotten, they have a ginger, they have a ginger flavor. And then there's, 
I think there's one, like we have three at the shop that I go to. It's called Simple, Simples, like S-M-P-L-S. Um, oh, okay. But it's, um, what was it? Or S-I-M-P-L-S, excuse me. Um, and I think they have a couple Simples around the Twin Cities. So, yeah, I've only seen it there. But I'll keep looking for it. I like it. Cool. What's in your cup? So I am staying at a friend's house, and my friend has one of those lovely Nespresso machines, and mm-hmm. she bought the holiday flavors of Nespresso, which of course have nothing to do with like any specific holiday. Like none of the flavors are of foods that you eat only at certain holidays. But this year, this year they decided to go with a Nordic theme. So each year the um, the flavors that they make that they issue during the winter season. Um, I think they're sort of like thematically linked. So last year they had like macarons and um, I forget the other flavor. It was like French pastries. So this year it's Nordic. And this one is their um, princess cake, which I had to look it up to see what that even was. But apparently a, a Norse princess cake or a Scandinavian princess cake is a vanilla cake that has berry jam layers and like a berry outside, which mm-hmm. sounds lovely. And it explains uh, the scent of it, which is very like cherry, blackberry. I'm sure they use some other type of berry that's actually native to where they live. But yeah, sort of like red berries and vanilla. It's really nice. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank it's you, Nespresso. Nice wake up. It is. I appreciate them researching options. (laughs) Yes. And um, in, so obviously there are many problems with Nestle as a company. I acknowledge that. Um, And I have a lot of ambivalence about this particular Nestle product because, you know, Nespresso um, if anybody's ever used an espresso machine, the little pods that they make for the machines are aluminum. And the idea is that, um, and the company pays, uh, you don't, well, the company pays for this, but the company arranges for um, composting of the coffee and recycling of the aluminum used in their Nespresso pods. So if you buy the pods online or from a store, they have a bag that... Um, comes with a paid shipping label. So you use the bag to put your pods in and then you mail that back to the company that they contract with that does the composting and the recycling. And then they actually resell the items made from the recycled aluminum. So they sell pens, they sell bicycles, which, you know, are crazy expensive bicycles, but still. Um, so, so yeah, the, um, I like the idea of it, you know. I like that they have a um, that they thought about how their product is going to be as um, minimally um, wasteful as possible, you know. And then the packaging is all paper, so they don't send out any plastic. Like none of their packaging has any plastic on it at all. Wow. Um, so there are things about I didn't know like, that. yeah. So there are things about Nespresso that are good, but then they're owned by Nestle, 
which is a bad actor in a lot of places, including our home state of Michigan. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have a lot of ambivalence about it. I'll also say that like, this is one of those moments where giant companies own many brands and yeah. some of those brands are really autonomous and like really do things great, but it's, it's still like, you're still a part of this, you know, fucked up tree. Damn it. Like you're, you know, you're still a, t- a part of something that is obviously not great, but I appreciate that at least this branch has found its, its own path and way to like make a, make a full experience for people who are buying it and feeling more confident in that product and the, the long-term effects of using that product, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, we that. can, we can move on to something that is unambiguously positive, which is our crafting projects. You go right ahead. I sense, I sense that you have some things to talk about. Well, I posted this on our Instagram already, but, um, I decided that even though I have finished none projects, absolutely zero projects, I did start my diesis sweater. So I am making this in plucky knitter cozy and maybe some plucky knitter trusty, depending on whether or not I need scraps of yarn that are sort of like similar in color. I've only gotten through the most of the neckband so far, mm-hmm. but the neckband is in this very... This is hilarious. It's a very commonly used stitch. It's called mistake rib um, because it is ribbing, but it requires that you have do your one row of ribbing. So like knit two, purl two, knit two, purl two. And if you did that consistently, you'd end up with columns of neat and tidy ribbing. The um, mistake rib requires that you do the first row correctly and then the second row you go off by one. So you start with a knit stitch and then go purl two, knit two, purl two, knit two. So it's called mistake rib because it's as You're if you made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's as if you made a mistake, but because of the way the columns line up, you still end up getting a ribbing effect. It still has that pulling, um, mm-hmm. sort of pulling together that ribbing gives fabric. Um, but it's just a little more visually interesting, I think. Cool. Um, and it's quite easy to do. And so I started that in, what is the name of this? So it's Plucky Knitter Cozy, and it's from their now defunct classics collection. The color is called As If, inspired by the movie Clueless. So it's like a raspberry, pinky red. And then I did my swatch in a... Um, dark purple and dark blue, um, mildly very, it's a very mild variegated yarn. Um, and that one is called Julia Gulia because <laughs> it's like very eighties colors, like the purple and blue are very eighties purples and blues. And then that is, um, alternated in the color work of the body with, um, basically like a mid-tone gray. And I have a bunch of mid-tone grays from the plucky knitter because, Plucky Knitter does a lot of grays, so they are none of them are identical, but they are similar enough that if you alternate them, then uh, you wouldn't really notice. Like it won't look striped, particularly because it's in a the color work pattern looks like the letter I all over it. Mm-hmm. So it has a different horizontal um, and vertical pattern 
to kind of break up whatever sort of striping you might have been worried that you'd have. So, so anyway, so I'm working on that and I'm loving it. And I really love, and for those of you, I should say this, for anybody out there who is um, interested in trying this yarn, the Cozy Yarn from Plucky Knitter was discontinued, but it has recently come back into some of their updates. So I don't think it's available all the time, all the time, but it's available, it was available for two of their last shop updates, I think. And the cozy yarn is 90% wool and 10% baby camel. Um, and I really like it because you can knit it at a variety of gauges. It's kind of squishy, but it also floofs out a bit. So you have a lot of um, playing room. Like you could use this for making stuff that is supposed to be sport weight or DK weight or a light worsted weight even um, without it leaving lots of holes, you know, in the knitting. Um, so I think the yarn is really versatile. It's uh, soft and um, my most favorite right now, it contains no synthetic fibers. So it's completely uh, biodegradable and all of that good stuff. So, um, so I'm really loving that. Um, and it's a, it's a wool that you can wear next to your skin. Like I said, it's 90% wool, but it is still something you can, you can make a sweater for somebody and they wouldn't freak out that it's like making their neck all itchy or something like that. Um, nice. so yeah, strong recommend on that. Um, and then the other thing that I've been working on, albeit much more slowly because it is much more difficult for me is I have been darning the holes in the, um, Celestarium shawl that I made for you. So I'll put the, um, the link in the show notes, but I made a shawl for Randall a long time ago. That is basically the night sky. Um, and so I, cool. Love and it. The, the woman, I am embarrassed that I don't remember her name. Maybe I'll look it up while Miranda is talking, but there's a woman who designed, um, the Celestarium shawl. She designed two shawls. One is the Northern night sky. One is the Southern night sky. And then like the Southern hemisphere. So it's like both hemispheres. And then, um, she also designed a cowl that is the, um, constellations that you would see at the, um, equator. And I forget cool. what that is called, but it's, it's lovely. Um, that's so cool. I didn't know that she did the, the cowl. That's, oh, yeah, very cool. I think it's called, <laughs> I think it's called, um, equatorial nights that's so really clever. great well, i think okay. can i i mention mm -hmm. this just because um i know how this shawl looks but other people may not know it's like a it is fully circular so but also because it's circular it essentially does uh, a, a half sphere um so the fact that she has two different shawls that are half spheres then the equator is done as a cowl like so smart which is like you know sorry for people who might not know what a cowl is it's like a tube scarf like mm -hmm. it's fully you know connected and well, it's like an scarf infinity well. scarf yeah yeah so um, that's really cool yeah and uh the um the shape for, for knitters, it's a traditional pie shawl. So it, the way that the rows increase over time, it makes a perfect circle, assuming that your stitches are the same size all around, which they usually are. Um, so the designer's name is Audrey Nicklin, N-I-C-K-L-I-N. Um, and so you can, you can knit this shawl either with beads, which is what I chose to do, 
or with eyelets. Um, I didn't like the look of, and the, the original is knit where each star is a bead plus an eyelet. So it really pops out, you know, like it's very obvious. And I didn't like the look of the eyelets, um, particularly in the yarn that I was using because it was very smooth yarn. So it just kind of looked, and it's not very, the yarn that I used is not very structured either. So it just kind of looked uh, gappy. Like a mistake? Yeah, it looked like a boo-boo. Um, it looked like I didn't know how to put beads on yarn. So I, did, I didn't do the eyelets, I just did the beads. Anyway, so um, a sweet pup got a hold of the shawl and so there's some holes in it and so I fixed the small holes where the darning is really easy but where the holes are over more than two rows um, I have to kind of like build in a structure to stitch around and so that's just taking me more time but that is a thing that I am working on. That's amazing and thank you for doing that. <laughs> I'm so excited to get it to wear it again. So. Well, I'm glad. Um, and I'm looking around because I had a couple of items that I was going to show you. And now I can't figure out where I put them. Oh, I left them right across the room, which makes perfect sense. Okay. So since I am back in Michigan uh, for a week, um, I went to my old favorite yarn shop. So um, I'm just going to announced to everybody uh, we had some technical difficulties so we are back after a delay I'm gonna pick up where I think we left off um, and that is that I went to my favorite local yarn shop and uh, that is called spun in Ann Arbor uh, it's a shop in the Carytown shops is bit cute and I went to go in to buy one specific thing which was knitting needles and of course, that meant that I was open for impulse buys and I committed a couple. Um, so the first thing I got is an enamel pin that I was actually thinking about giving to you, but I wasn't sure if you'd feel it or not because it, it is sort of knitting centric. Um, but it is an enamel pin of two hands knitting and the fabric that it's knitting says stitch and witch cute <laughs> which I thought was pretty cute um and that's by uh wildhuntdesign.com which I'd never I've never seen that company before so wild hunt made a pin very cute and then the other thing I bought um I actually don't have a specific plan for but I thought it was such a cute idea that I wanted to have it so that I could kind of think about maybe doing something similar myself so um they had a number of um like sew on tags that you could put on the things you made. And they had had um, a company make them leather tabs. So these are little suede tabs. They're long rectangles and they have um, holes for sewing through them on both of the short ends so that you can take the long tab, fold it in half around the edge of your knitting and then knit it into place or stitch it into place as like a tag on your knitting, which is super cute. And they had several made, but uh, the one that I chose is one where the state of Michigan was burnished into the leather, which I thought was just ridiculously cute. So, um, And that's that kind of label is called a gator. Did you know that? A ga I did not. Like, 
gator jaws like ah, nah, nah. oh that makes sense that's very cute is that why it's called that because it's like a that's that is adorable that's all <laughs> that's all I can add yeah. to that <laughs> cool well yeah so that's that was my impulse purchase from them um, and that is all the stuff really that I've been I've been working on the same things as always, like very slowly weaving my penny cardigan and stuff like that. But the the make thing, the big things are the diesis sweater and the the darning. Basically, learning how to darn. How about you? Um. So my projects have been a little bit more um, less. Well, I guess kind of left cra less crafty, um, but projects. Um. I decided to put some big girl pants on and. <laughs> Uh, I decided to mount my TV to the wall. Ooh. I, yeah. I went on Amazon. I bought myself a wall mount and then I figured it out. I was really proud of myself and I used the power tools I bought for my Halloween party to do it. <laughs> so, um, by the way, it's just a screwdriver, like not screwdriver, but a uh, drill. So I can't get that excited. But anyways, um, that was kind of cool. So I've put that up. I've just like kind of built a lot of things around the house that I've had laying out and I have my big table because the leaves are still in it it's pretty you know maybe an eight foot long table I think it's close to eight feet um I have just a lot of stuff on it and like reminding you of someone in our family who likes things <laughs> um and it's my way of like forcing myself to do things like I have to in order to get to the bottom of it to start my next project I have to finish the craft projects I put on top of that so I did a okay. bunch of hairs around the house, some other things. And um, the other thing I was working on, which again is not craft, but during my birthday, my friend Jillian had bought me the Wild Unknown Archetypes um, card deck by Kim Kranz. And I've been giving readings to people for that because it is pretty beautiful and really interesting. People really like that deck a lot. So I've been doing a lot of readings for folks. So now that it's nice and snowy out, though, I'm not going to act like I didn't get excited for some crafts inside, though. I am like, the time is nigh. <laughs> so <laughs> I, no joke, while out walking today, I was like, oh, I could go back inside. I can embroider some things. And then I was like, wait, I have to work. I'm definitely working from home after we're done with this call. <laughs> but um, I am excited for like my, like, I have no plans this evening. And I know that it's the biggest party reunion night of the year, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, but, um, I don't care. I might just like pick up a new project. I'm pretty excited about it. And while I was hanging out with some friends the other day, I found out about a really great local, um, sewing machine repair place that can go Ooh. get machine, um, condition. So while I might not be crafting it, I'm in that preparation of the stuff. That's but I feel like that preparation phase is one of the things that I love the best where you're like anticipating the things you're going to do. You're like, you know, going to your stash and picking out like the colors of fabric or daydreaming about which patterns are going to go well with which things that you have. Um, the preparatory work is I love it. I love it. It feels creative on its own because it's like the most um, unfettered part right? It's the part that has the least restrictions on it. Exactly. And I, I'm a sucker for making lists. I definitely have a section on my whiteboard in the kitchen that was like things to get pumped for making scarves, finishing these quilts. Like I have 
a list of things that I was like, this is what I want to do. And I'm so excited. So I love that. Maybe that should be the, uh, the cover shot for our post on Instagram is your, your craft excitement list. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's a joke, uh, there's another joke in there that I'll take another photo of maybe, but, um, I have this little section of wall that I need to repair because it had like some stuff hanging on it and I just need to like cover up the holes and stuff. And on it, I have, it's the perfect size for post-it notes. And I have four Mm -hmm. post-it notes that are like, make, um, yeah, this is the daydreaming phase of like, how am I going to make my space perfect? And I was like, make, you know, draft uh, dodgers or I call them draft dodgers. That's a joke, but they're draft blockers. Um, So, you know, you put them on the bottom of your door kind of thing like that, like mm-hmm. kind of in the Midwest here, at least because it gets really windy. Um, mm-hmm. So I have that. And then I have like, get a bidet. That's a whole nother craft project when you think about it. Um, True. <laughs> and then um, I have like repair holes on the same section where it says repair holes. Like, <laughs> And I forget, there's another one there that I don't know what, but during the Halloween party, I didn't take them down. I was just like, here it is. So everybody in everyone at work knows that I need a bidet everybody <laughs> who doesn't need a bidet though the days are pretty great um I, so everyone was like we really like your to-do list <laughs> I was like well it keeps me motivated so I'm gonna do it but um I just laughed that I forgot to take it down so everyone knows all of my craft projects including scarves and quilts and getting a bidet so anyways um <laughs> but yeah that seems like a perfect time to move into gold stars I think so. Um, Do you want to start or do you want me to start? No, you can start. Okay. Well, my gold star hit me this morning and it's a little bit of like toot my own horn, like, hooray, I'm the best. But I think it's, um, it is a little bit of pat myself on the back. So I'm going to be careful. That's fine. Um, I'm giving my gold star to Oatly, Oatly Milk. Mm. It's very good. It's very good. I've never, ever bought a different kind of milk option other than real milk in, for my own use. I, for, my, for my ex-husband, I did, um, but I didn't really ever drink it. Like I, not that I'm like allergic or like averse to it. I just didn't because I didn't think about the impact of all those, you know, the things that I'm, you know, when you're buying regular cow milk versus... Um, a plant-based milk, like the amount of resources that go into it. So anyways, I've since switched to Oatly, which I'm still kind of blown away that it's gluten-free because <laughs> it's made from oats, but um, I feel like it's just too good to be true. We're going to find out something later. Like, it's real milk. They've just been putting it in bottles. I don't know. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I hope that's not true. I don't think that is. But I'm <laughs> actually really impressed that I've been able to make the transition every day to use Oatly on cereal and other uh, other options. And it's pretty good. And I don't miss regular milk. I kind of didn't think I was ever going to say that. So my gold star is to Oatly and finding more plant-based alternatives. I've been watching, I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, I like to scare myself. And um, I've been watching a lot of stuff around like our environment, the environmental impact of using, um, uh, cow, just having cows, whether it be for beef or for milk, um, all those kinds of things. So I've been watching a lot of that and also like our water resources and how, how, um, limited 
our fresh water sources are. So it just kind of reminded me a lot of things. And uh, yeah. sorry, I'm patting myself on the back here, but you know, watching those kinds of shows reminded me to like make some decisions and I don't miss regular milk. So, yeah, no, once I started using Oatly, I didn't really miss regular milk either. And there are other oat milk options. Um, I think Silk makes one called like Oat Yeah or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like Oatly the best of the ones I've tried, but they're all good. It took a long time for us to get it here in the U.S. I feel like I was watch, following people on Instagram in the U.K. who've been using oat milk for a long time, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and I didn't want to ship it to myself because that kind of defeated the purpose. Um, and I thought about making some myself, but apparently um, it can end up kind of gloopy, so I still want to try that, but maybe um, maybe another time. Maybe when I, when I feel like I've found some more recipes that were a little more foolproof. I know people who've made um, cashew milk and almond, mm-hmm. but um, it's a lot of water resources, I think. Yeah, it it's is. something that I think most people have, like, the time and the space for. So um, this is one of those things where I'm like, it's efficient for it to be done at a factory, in a you know manufacturing plant. So mm-hmm. I'll support it. And I yeah. figured out a way to do it here. So very happy that that's worked out. Yeah. So that's a gold star is to Oatly. I've at least have, so at least I'm having almost two vegan meals a day because of Oatly. At least one of them is from, because of Oatly, but then also my decision-making. So nice. that's my gold stars. What's yours? Uh, Mine is um, specific to this time of year and that is small business Saturday. I really love that um, a lot of small businesses I think have been able to do fairly well with sort of turning the Black Friday idea on its head so that their staff don't necessarily have to work like on Thanksgiving Day or on uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, but you can support you can sp- support small businesses anytime you like. However, um, on Saturday, this coming Saturday, um, a lot of small businesses will have put a lot of effort into having, um, you know, events in the store, um, special displays, things to bring people in on Small Business Saturday. Um, And I'm really excited about that. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't been to Michigan in a while. Um, And we are, I'm not staying in Ann Arbor. Actually, I'm staying closer to Ypsilanti. We went down to Ypsilanti yesterday just to pick up some, um, my, my most favorite thing about coming back to Michigan is the ice cream pies from Go Ice Cream. So we picked up our our holiday flavor ice cream pies yesterday. And as we were walking through downtown Ipsy, I thought like, this place is great. All these small businesses um, are adorable and wonderful. And it's so exciting to see them, you know, thriving. Um, So I'm excited for Small Business Saturday to kind of see what they put together to bring people through the doors. I just think like their displays are cool. Um, You get to kind of see what they, they are the most proud of or they're the most excited about. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, skipping out on doing anything on Black Friday aside from hanging out with family and friends and then going shopping on Small Business Saturday. And for those of you who maybe live in a town where, or you live like in the country and you aren't really, there isn't a small town near you to go shopping at, a lot of indie businesses have um, online stuff for Small Business Saturday. So, you know, 
some of those are the, the smallest businesses of all, right? Like they can't even afford or don't want to pay for the overhead of a brick and mortar location. So they like operate out of their homes. There are a lot of women who have businesses like that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Can I add on to your gold star a bit? Absolutely. I've heard about a few things from my Instagram and I want to confirm it, but it's a reminder about, um, definitely seeking out businesses, um, owned by people of color. And a couple of the hashtags I saw was black owned business Friday. So, um, I thought that was kind of interesting because yeah, I'm definitely a fan of like small business Saturday and I try my hardest to avoid black Friday spending whatsoever. Like I don't want any peaks in my spending on a Friday on black Friday. I'm like, no. But when I saw that reminder that, you know, um, I believe, um, B, um, I can't remember her last name, but the owner of um, the Honeypot Co. Ah, uh, yes, you have mentioned. We have discussed the Honeypot company I mean, before, and then she's like one of the most radical, coolest women on earth. Um, but she's going to be speaking at an event, I think, um, for Black Owned Business Friday. So that's why I'm, I want to double check that, and I'm sorry if I'm misquoted. But if anything, I think the reminder of seeking out businesses owned by people of color is a really important part of your spending during the holiday season. So whether that means buying meals, like say if you're out shopping and you're gonna go have a meal, go find, seek out those businesses so that you that's where you get your meal. Maybe that's where you go and get your pies for your family event or your gifts. Like it's as simple as that. I think it's really important. Yeah. So um, why don't we say that if there are any businesses that we find who are doing Black Owned Business Friday, we will promote them on our Instagram. Absolutely. I will do that. Cool. All right. Well, with that, I think we are ready to wrap up. Excellent. Well, that's a good time chatting. <laughs> yes. And thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to find us, we are on Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters, and that is definitely where we are the most active. Um, we have a Ravelry group that I do check intermittently, but it doesn't get as much attention or love as uh, the Instagrams. Um, and we also will post show notes at stitchcraftsisters.com. And with that, we will talk to you next time. Yay. Bye. Yay. Bye. Bye.